Hey there, it's Dr. Heidi. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, a podcast geared towards the things you may be misunderstanding about the difficult relationships in your life. I did not understand it when I was in it, but I definitely understand it now, and I want to share that understanding with you so that you too can find the courage you didn't know you had to make the changes you didn't think you could make. Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. And again, welcome back to the regular listeners. Thank you for sharing the podcast. I love that you are sharing it with people who you feel may benefit from it. And for those who are new listeners, welcome. Lots of stuff to listen to on my podcast. So I hope you do not get sick of me as you go through it. Um, One thing that we need to remember, no matter where you are in your toxic relationship journey, people would not be toxic to us if they weren't the people that are close to us. It's, It's hard to take someone who has been in your life for a long period of time, who has been an emotional investment for you, who has been a time investment for you, who you've poured a lot of energy into, and then try to label them as somebody who is unhealthy or bad for you. Uh, It's very contradictory in our heads because these are the people that are supposed to love us and supposed to be the closest to us and supposed to support us. But it's because of the time and energy and emotional investment that these people become toxic to us. You're not toxic um, to people who you don't know and people who you don't really know aren't toxic to you. So if you're just beginning to learn about the toxic personality or the toxic traits of, of certain people, we're not saying toxic people are necessarily bad people, okay? You've been in relationships with them for a while and they've been part of your life. So you have to give yourself some grace because we're not saying they're bad people. We're just saying that maybe the two personalities have different goals. And, and the struggle with a lot of people is you think you need to quit caring or you think you need to quit loving them in order to be able to distance yourself or remove yourself from that relationship so that it doesn't affect you as deeply and as emotionally and as detrimentally as it is doing now. But there are ways to do that and there are ways to do it without completely cutting them off. I've been getting a lot of, yes, but what if I still love him? Or yes, but what if I still care about her? Or yes, but it's my family. I understand all of that. It's just, we put them in a position that they no longer affect us. And I think that that's something you need to understand because, you know, I've had toxic people in my life that I did that I do still care about. I've just distanced myself from them. There's other toxic people in my life that I've had to completely cut off. And I'm okay with that because The person that I am is now the person that I decide I'm going to be. Because honestly, if it's not working for you, that's the important thing. One quick announcement, and this is just for you guys to keep your eyes out for it. Um, Something that I have coming up. I've had a lot of requests for some type of subscription to my coaching. And um, we've got that coming up in July. It's called the trickle effect. And I will be doing live coaching calls that you can dial into and listen. 
Um, I have a lot of different services. For those of you who don't know, the podcast is not the only thing that I do as far as toxic relationships. I do private uh, mentoring. I do group coaching. I do classes. I do a lot of different things that can help you remove yourself from the situation you're in. And I have all different um, price categories in the different things. So I've got something for everybody, regardless of where you are financially. You can fit something that I um, provide into your budget. What the trickle effect is going to be, it's going to be a live call with li a live coaching client each week. And you can dial in and you can just listen, or you too can be a participant and do a coaching call with me on the trickle effect. So the trickle effect is going to be coming up in July. So just keep, I'll announce it and I'll get you the link when it's when it's coming due, but I think it's going to be super exciting, especially for those who want to learn from others and get some questions answered. It seems like I get a lot of repetitive questions. So in the trickle effect, the question I'm answering for somebody else might be the exact question that you have. So just stay tuned for more to come on the trickle effect. Okay, back to the topic of emotional abuse. A few weeks ago, I did a podcast called The Treadmill of Unrealistic Expectations. And the reason I'm backing up and digging deep into the emotional abuse category is because emotional abuse and toxic relationships are very much like walking into a room that stinks. You don't, the longer you stay in the room, the smell goes away, okay? It is not because the room doesn't stink. It is because we become desensitized to the behaviors that we are experiencing. And I think in my situation particularly, I would have never classified some of the behaviors as abuse. I saw it so much and so often, or I was told how I should feel about the behaviors that I didn't classify it as a, something that was abuse. So for those of you who are just just starting to understand and just starting to, you know, kind of get your bearings on really what your situation is. Some of the things that are considered abusive, you would never even recognize it as abuse. And the unrealistic expectations is when they begin to expect you to light yourself on fire to keep them warm. It doesn't matter what they throw at you, you take it on as your new job until we have a long list of things that we have to do and our life kind of goes out the window because we're so busy taking care of the toxic personality. And what I wanna talk about today, you've probably in research or listening to prior podcasts of mine or prior podcasts of other people have heard about the slow drip of the isolation tactic, okay? All of these emotional abusive tactics are very slow drip. So you would never notice this is going on until all of a sudden you feel like you're in a different spot. And the isolation tactic was something that really almost took me out toward the end of a very long toxic relationship that I had in my life. The definition of isolation is to cause a person to remain alone or apart from others. Okay. To many of you, when I talk about isolation, it's going to seem silly because you have social circles, you hang out with people, you do things as a family, you see people at work, your kids have extracurricular activities, there's people at the grocery store, you feel like there's people all around you. So you don't, you won't notice that you've been isolated from others. But let's take a closer look 
at isolation. How does your life look different than it used to? Or not that we compare ourselves to other people, but how does your life and the activities you do compare to some of the other people that you know? Are you comfortable with those who you spend time with? Would the people that you're spending time with and the hobbies that you're doing, would they be your first choice? Isolation is a slow process. So we don't notice it, but you need to know that it is 100% intentional because of what drives the toxic personality. What drives the toxic personality is a couple different things. For whatever reason, they are insecure in themselves. So for them to feel more secure, they need to feel the four things we talk about all the time, control, power, attention, and admiration. Okay. In the beginning, you're not going to notice this thing of isolation setting in, but because the toxic personality seems to be insecure in themselves, they're going to want you basically all to themselves. The other thing that drives the toxic personality is the aspect of emotional abuse. Okay. Now, if you've been in it for a while, you might be able to look back on your activities and your hobbies and your social circles and your friends and your relationships with your families, what it looked like before you entered this relationship. If you've grown up in it, it's probably always been like that. And in the beginning phases of relationships, they love everything about you, right? They love your friends. They love your family. They get along with everyone. They're fine with your coworkers. They're good with you having hobbies of your own and having interests of your own. They like that you're independent and you can do things for yourself. They, they like your career. They approve of your career. They don't have a problem with your income or your salary, no matter what it is. But as time passes, you're going to start noticing negative comments about friends, family, coworkers, your independence, your hobbies, your career, your income, where you're choosing to spend your time. It's confusing because we haven't heard these before. So in the beginning, we probably ignore them, but we might question them because there seems to be a shift. Moving on, you're going to see that there's, there's bigger problems developing with friends, families, coworkers, your independence, where you spend your time, your hobbies, your interests, your career, your income. And you'll begin to feel bad, maybe questioning yourself, but you still stay positive. Okay, now stick with me because the reason I'm explaining this so slow is because you have to understand how this happens. Then the, re the resistance begins to set in. They want you to spend all of your time with them or they want you to be accountable for all your time, meaning they want to know where you're at all the time. Okay. Now, in my experience, I had to be in my former's back pocket. I had to be accessible to him all the time, unless he was doing something he wanted to do, then I was non-existent. So when this resistance begins, we feel conflict. We hear the criticisms that come from the toxic person. So we try to balance all of these things to avoid the conflict and the negativity that surrounds it. Now you're at a spot where you're finding it way more difficult to sustain the relationships, to keep the hobbies, to keep the workload up, 
to keep the productivity up and to sustain that level of income that, that they approved of in the beginning. So we begin feeling torn, guilt, obligation, the conflict, the criticisms. We want to avoid all those ugly feelings in order to keep the peace. So we start giving less and less time and energy to our family, our friends, our work, our hobbies, our independence. And we give more and more time to the toxic personality. As the relationship continues, this trend also continues until piece by piece, these things start disappearing. Family. You start spending less and less time with your family. So you now feel distant from them. And a lot of times, you don't feel the reality that it's you disconnecting from them. You just immediately feel like there must be something wrong with you because your family doesn't act the same as they used to. So they feel distant. Your friends, all of a sudden, it seems like your friends are too busy and the friendships begin to fall apart. Well, many times why this happens is because you don't invest in the friendship like you did before because of the conflict and the criticisms and the tension that goes on between you and the toxic person. So we pull out and the friendships begin to fall apart and we start feeling uncomfortable in friendships that we used to feel very comfortable in. Coworkers, you no longer hang out with coworkers after work. There's no more, you know, company parties. You just avoid those to avoid the conflict that goes along with you spending time or putting energy into people at work. Hobbies and interests. Increasing time for the toxic personality decreases the time that you have for the things that make you happy. Your career. You don't have enough energy to sustain all of this stuff, so you start noticing your productivity level drop at work, which as soon as that happens, our self-esteem goes down and our self-worth goes down because we may get reprimanded at work. We may have somebody, a supervisor or somebody that tells us they can tell we're not paying attention or you know we're not putting forth the same effort that we used to. Income secondarily, although you're under so much pressure, on top of that, now you have the financial pressure because you're trying so much harder to perform at work with the conflict and the criticism that comes along with the time you're spending doing the work that the income may even start slipping, which then there's another opportunity for criticism and conflict. Independence. All of the things that I just listed, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your hobbies, your career, your income status, they are the things that make you you. They are the things that make you feel secure. There's, and, and what happens is because of the tension that is put on those relationships, we slowly allow them to go away. Why? Because it's easier for us to have conflict with other people than it is for us to have conflict with the toxic person. I have done episodes of this podcast on fear. You know, one of the character traits of the toxic individual is to instill fear. When they can instill fear in you, they feel power and control, which makes them feel secure. So because it's easier for you to have conflict with other people, because you're fearful of the reaction you're gonna get from the toxic person, you are going to start cutting those people out. And because it's easier to appease the toxic personality, 
We do whatever they need first and get all of the demands that they are putting on us met before we take the time to take care of the stuff that we need. So what we do is all of our stuff goes on the bottom of the list and we just have to quote, catch up on that later. Because it becomes so much more important to avoid the problems with the toxic first person and be and be accepted and approved of by the toxic person, it is easier for us to just give up all the other things. Soon, they're controlling who you spend your time with. They make it very, very difficult for you to spend time with who you want. The reason we want to be around these people in the first place is because they are the people that make us happy. We enjoy them. They've always been in our life. They're the ones that support us. They're the ones that stand behind us. Our work is something that identifies us. We get an emotional connection from the things that bring us joy. The good, happy relationships in your life bring you joy. Your interests bring you happiness. Your hobbies bring you quality time with yourself and define you as a person. These are the things that make you fulfilled in life. Now suddenly, everything that you enjoy and the people that you enjoy feels very different. It all seems very difficult. Emotionally abusive people want to control us emotionally, meaning if they can make you happy, if they can make you sad, if they can make you feel guilty, if they can make you upset, it reminds them that they're in control. So because they want to be in full emotional control of us, by cutting or making us cut everything out that brings us happiness and joy and brings us emotional support, we become dependent on them for all of our emotional needs and for our supply of emotional attachment. You get love from your family. You get fellowship from friends. You get encouragement from coworkers. You get joy from hobbies. You get empowerment from your career. And if they can make all of those things that supply you emotionally go away, you're going to hang on to them for all of your emotional interaction. So now we're hanging on to the toxic personality for all our emotional interaction and their goal is to emotionally control us. So the isolation tactic is a perfect setup for them to stay in control of our emotions, for them to be able to tell us how we should be feeling or how we shouldn't be feeling. We can feel all of these things slipping away, but because of the criticism and conflict, we feel powerless to do anything about it. Standing up for these things will always cause conflict. Trying to see your family is always going to be a problem. It'll be very difficult for you to go see your family. And if you do, it'll be a very disruptive visit, meaning either the toxic personality goes with you and demands your attention the whole time you're there, making it difficult for you to visit your family, or they won't go with you, but will constantly text and call you while you're there so that your attention stays on them anyway, making it very difficult to have a good visit with your family. Hobbies, I threw all my hobbies out the window because it just made, my, the toxic person in my life made it so difficult for me to have time to spend on my hobbies that it was easier for me to just quit doing them than to have to sustain a fight every time I wanted to do them. 
Some examples of that fall under the tactic of isolation is controlling who you see, how long you spend time with them, disrupting your phone calls. I was to the point, I didn't even call my family anymore because they wanted my attention while I was on the phone. So they were constantly asking for something or listening to my conversation, making it very uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me to have a fulfilling conversation with my family. They'll monitor your schedule. They'll keep track of your drive times to and from work. How long does it take you to run errands? How long does it take you to get groceries? That was one for me that would, I was ripping through the grocery store like my feet were on fire because I knew I was gonna get asked, how come it took me so long? Checking your phone, checking your messages, checking your social media, checking your email. Okay, those are all ways they can keep you from being in contact with those that support you emotionally. Sometimes they'll pull the jealousy card. Why do they pull the jealousy card or accuse you of cheating or accuse you of spending too much time with people or accuse you of doing things that you haven't even thought of doing? Because when they pull the jealousy card, it causes us to be extra transparent to prove to them how loyal we are. So that's the next step in cutting everybody out of our life. We quit calling, we quit seeing friends, we quit doing our hobbies because we have to prove to them how loyal we are because they've accused us of something that we're not doing. Taking your keys, making it difficult for you to go places, hiding your purse, uh, monitoring your spending intentionally. If, if they're watching you so closely, you're gonna be on very good behavior to avoid conflict. Making you feel like you have to ask permission. Okay, the toxic personality is never gonna say you have to ask permission. But we learn very quickly that if we don't ask permission, we're gonna be in trouble. So you no longer stop for drinks with your coworkers after work, you go straight home. Because if you do it without permission, you're gonna be in trouble. And if you do it with permission, they're gonna blow up your phone and you're gonna be in trouble anyway. So we quit doing it. You're never gonna take the invitation to the Pampered Chef party without saying something like, I need to check my schedule first. Okay, is that the old you? I, I know it wasn't the old me, I was game for anything, but I was programmed that I had to have permission. And normally, even if I did, I was in trouble anyway. So I started cutting out everything that caused conflict. They'll make fun of the people that are close to you. They'll, they'll poke fun or criticize your friends and that, say that they don't like them or say that they're not good for you. They'll make it very uncomfortable for you when you want to hang out with the people that of your choosing. They'll demand that you are always accessible to them. We are trained to immediately answer texts. We are trained to immediately answer the phone. Why? Because they're checking up on you to make sure that you're not doing something that's getting you emotional support from somewhere else. I remember trying to make plans three weeks in advance so that there was a lot of notification that I had plans. And the closer my plans got, within days, I would be given a reason why I had to change my plans. So they ask you to change your plans a lot of times by making empty promises. 
oh, well, I forgot that this was the day you were supposed to go out with your friends. I wanted to take you on a date. Okay, well, here we go again. It's easier to have conflict with your friends than to have conflict with them. So you cancel your plans with your friends because now you're going to go on a date. And guess what happens the day you're supposed to go on a date? There's a fight so they don't have to take you on a date. That's just one example, but they'll throw out empty promises so that you change your plans and then they never follow through on the promises. Isolation is about what took me out. Uh, of course, I was states away from my family. Um, very few friends. Luckily, I was able to see my patients, but I had no hobbies of my own by the time I left and I was always on call. I had to always be there immediately. If, if the toxic personality in my life needed help, I needed to fix it. On the flip side, if I needed help, guess who wouldn't answer their phone? I'm sure many of you can relate to that. Um, the other thing that I found was very strange, now looking back, not strange at all, but I always had to be right there unless he had plans. If he had plans, he would discard me sometimes for two or three days, act like I don't exist, not answer any phone calls, even if there was emergencies, wouldn't answer the phone. Usually when something like that happens, they're getting attention and admiration from somewhere else. And they know that if they're not answering the phone, they're also getting your attention and it's making you very nervous. So then when they do come back, you're happy to see them and we don't say anything about being angry with them for not answering the phone because that's just going to cause more conflict. Isolation in the beginning seems very, very innocent and perhaps flattering because, oh, it's so cute in the beginning. They want us with them all the time and this is the best relationship ever. But in the end, it totally debilitated me. And I will be one to tell you that I have been out of the long-standing toxic relationship that I had in my life for 13 years now, going on 14, and the relationship with my family is still not the same. And it's not because it's not because there's anything bad happening. It's because I literally took myself out of my family for 15 years. And now even though I'm in a position, I can go visit them whenever I want. I can talk on the phone with them however long I want to, but because of the 15 years that I had to be absent from them, they got very used to living without me. So now Heidi wants to jump back in and be like, ta-da, I'm back. And they're so used to me being gone that it makes me feel isolated from them now. And my husband just kind of called me on that. My family and I get along very well. We have never had any conflict at all. But when, when I am now ready to be back in the family, my husband had to remind me, yeah, but you were missing for 15 years. So, you know, they're so used to living without you because you had to cut them out that it's been very disappointing for me because I can't just ta-da pop back in the family because I was actually the one that chose to isolate them because it was easier for me to have conflict with them or have low contact with them than it was for me to have conflict with the toxic person in my life. And you guys know me. I'm loud. I'm social. I need people. I interact with people 100% of my day. And by the time I left that relationship, I was a sad mess. And there was nothing in my life that I did for me. 
you may not even realize that this is happening. So you're, you realize that these relationships are changing, but you don't realize the depth and you probably don't realize that is, it is intentionally done by the toxic personality so they can become the person that you're dependent on. If you're dependent on them and they're the only one that you're close to, it's going to be very hard for you to change that dynamic. And what happens is we end up very lonely, even when there's people around, you know, people that I work with, one of the fears of leaving a toxic relationship is being alone and being lonely. Well, I remember being in the toxic relationship and that is the loneliest I have ever felt in my life. And there was people around. So if you're in this situation, if I could do it different and I was back in that situation, I would do whatever I could to stay in contact with my support system. And even, even if the phone calls were difficult because I kept getting interrupted, I would write letters because that connection was something that I lost with a lot of people. And it's hard to get back because they get used to you being gone. So if you have to sit down and write an email, if you have to sit down and write a letter, just do it just to stay in contact with them. They, you need to have that contact and you may not even realize that you need it. Don't let an emotionally abusive, toxic person destroy who you are and the things that you need to turn you into something that they need.